Welcome to When I Was On My Mission, the podcast where missionaries tell true, unbelievable stories that they experienced firsthand. I'm your host, Brian Jensen. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app. It really helps us out. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of When I Was On My Mission. I'm Brian Jensen, your host here with Devin Pendleton. Devin, thanks for coming back on the podcast. No problem. It's good to be back. Good to have you back. And I loved your story last time about that incredible convert who had been a member of the Klan and joined the church down in Alabama. That was an incredible story. Um, So thanks for sharing uh, that with us last time, and thanks for coming back. Uh, it's always a pleasure to be here. <laughs> yeah, and so I just want to do a, a bit of a refresher because it's been a few months since you were on. Where did you serve your mission, Devin? I was the Alabama-Birmingham mission down in the south. Very good. I was in the south too. I loved it. Raleigh, North Carolina. Were you English-speaking or, or did you speak another language? Oh, I was I was Spanish-speaking, but I'd say it was more Spanglish. It, we, I wasn't in Spanish areas all that much, probably a good seven months, eight months of my mission. So I got to learn some basics of Spanish, but I can really only speak it with people that have some kind of like Spanish English background, got you it. know? Got it. And thinking back to when you were heading out on your mission, were you excited about the call to go to, to go to Alabama, Devin? I mean, yeah, I, I was excited about it. I mean, I'd heard like the song Sweet Home Alabama and, you know, <laughs> Alabama's always been, at least through my high school years and middle school through high school years, Alabama was kind of a powerhouse in football. So, I mean, that's kind of like the only really tie I had mentally to Alabama. I was a little bummed at first just because people were getting calls to like all over the world and whatnot. And then I was like, oh, Alabama. Okay. Well, Nice, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, it ended up being a different world down there. So, <laughs> yeah, I had I had something similar, but uh, you know, North Carolina turned out to be the the place for me, and I and I love that place. I guess one more question on that: when when you weren't initially excited about it, how did you how did you get through through it? How did you deal with it, or was it just like, yeah, I'm just gonna do it, and you know, that's fine. I just think just like I, I was like excited for like the the concept of going on a mission. And I think like as I like researched Alabama a little bit more and I guess as it got closer to the date each time, I started getting a little bit more amped up for it and excited. So I, I guess when I first it was kind of like, ah, man, but then it like it turned into, OK, that's where I'm supposed to be. I'll be there for a reason. So you might as well just have a good attitude about it. And then I ended up loving it and glad I didn't go anywhere else but there. Yeah. Well, great, man. Um, Something I can relate with and feel the exact same way about North Carolina. Devin, I think you and I had similar missions in in a lot of ways. And what I've heard is that you have have an interesting story for us about some neighbors. And so we would love to, to, let's just jump right into that if you're, if you're up for it. Yeah, absolutely. Serving in, um, down a little bit more like mid southern Alabama is in Montgomery. You know, it's one that's where you know, Martin Luther King's church was and that's where Rosa Park, the whole Rosa Park story happened. And 
just a lot of civil rights all over Alabama, but right there is a pretty prevalent area when it comes to that. More or less, it's a pretty rough area. Um, you know, you kind of have your white part of town, your black part of town, and each side has their own Walmart. So it's hard to believe that, like, there's still places in, you know, first world United States that are still like that, but there are. Um, and so we were over more on the kind of ghetto part of town. Um, and we had, it was kind of like a complex that had a bunch of, like, townhome. Like, there were, I would say more duplex but they were set up kind of like townhomes they weren't like big enough i guess to be considered a townhome i don't know kind of hard to explain you might know from the south just kind of some pretty shoddy developments next to us was what you would know a trap house and a trap house for those who don't know or maybe know from a different part of the world is probably has a different name but it's like a house where drugs pass through you know there's just a lot of no good going on lots of people you see coming in day to day because some no good is being passed in and out of there. But us as missionaries living next door, you know, most people down there have some kind of religious background of Christianity. So they respected us because we were Jesus people. The church was around the corner from there. So they kind of had an idea of like, at least that's where the, the Mormons go to church and we were the representatives of the Mormons. And so we, we'd in passing, we'd chat with them. They'd give us sodas and, and just kind of just holler back and forth with us on our, just our way in and out for the day. One night we were coming home and we got home. It's probably a little past nine. And uh, so we were kind of settling down. And all of a sudden, oh, first I want to preface this. Sorry, I forgot. Sure. Um, one of the guys there, he would like keep a lookout for our packages um, just because he didn't want to make, he wanted to make sure that, you know, the, the Mormon missionaries packages weren't getting stolen. So he, <laughs> a lot of times he'd, we'd uh, get a knock at the door at night or kind of early on in the morning. And he hand us our package say, I held this for you, which is, is really nice of him. Yeah. Um, anyway, we get home and all of a sudden we hear a tire screech just around the corner and then a just bunch of screaming and yelling and heaven knows what. And then boom, 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 gunshots. And so we hit the ground <laughs> and we're like, what in the world is going on? And so we hit the ground. We shut off all the lights. We're just laying there and it got all quiet. Luckily, I don't think anyone was hit by anything because I guess there wasn't ever like an ambulance that came by or anything like that. But so we hit the ground. And we're laying there for probably 10, 15 minutes. All of a sudden, we get a knock at the door. And it's the gentleman that would uh, watch out for our packages. And he knocks, he knocks on the door and says, don't worry. Everything's been taken care of. And so we're like, um, I don't know what that means, but I'm calling the mission president right now, and we're getting moved. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I called the mission president, and he got us moved out into – a little bit nicer a part of town so we could kind of, you know, feel a little bit safer at night and we could, you know, kind of go back and forth between both sides of town. That's kind of the story about that. Yeah, definitely a different experience for sure. But to ask you a couple questions. So how long do you know had the missionaries been living in that apartment? And was there a trap house there for a while? Do you, do you know? Now... Man, I, I don't know. I, that whole complex was 
just like riddled with nonsense. There was a time we were walking home from the church and we saw this guy just beating the crap out of some girl. Oh no. He made eye contact with us and kind of like squared, not squared up to fight, but like, cause we were probably 20 yards away, but the girl got up. And so we just kind of like held it around the corner because the guy was way bigger than us. I was with uh, uh, one of my companions. He was smaller Hispanic guy. And it, for those who know me, I'm not the biggest guy in the world. So I don't even think if we both tried to take on that guy, we could have done anything. But, you know, that girl was back with him the next next time we saw them. So I don't know. Anyway, that whole apartment complex, there was just always no good going on. So after I called the mission president, he got us moved. And I think the mission, I think the missionaries... They'd been in there the whole time. That was, I think Montgomery was my, a little past my year mark. So for as long as I was in Alabama, the missionaries were in that, that part of town. Interesting. I, that's just interesting to me that the mission president would have kept missionaries in that apartment for that long or that, right. that missionaries didn't report some incident before that, you know? I was thinking there was no way that I had to have been the first call yeah. of something that happened in there. That's wild. I don't know what mission presidents experienced, but kind of funny that they had missionaries stay there for, for that time. So would you say you made friends with any of the guys living next door while you were there? Yeah, like when we were living there, like I said, they'd throw us sodas in passing. We'd chat with them. They'd talk about college football with them. You know, one's either an Auburn fan or one's an Alabama fan. So we just kind of talk about where I was from and in Utah and they just, you know, they thought it was just this flat desert with, you know, a few buildings. It's actually double the size of Birmingham in population, the Salt Lake Valley. And, and there's actually mountains all around it. And obviously I didn't have a phone to show just show them pictures of it, but kind of blew their mind there. And, you know, it was just fun just kind of learning about where they were from and where I was from, because I guess to say that that's the cool part of a mission. And I'm sure you had plenty of experiences in North Carolina where you're sitting in a home where you're like, if I wasn't on a mission, there's no way I would be in this person's house right now or vice versa. So it's pretty cool just being able to connect with, with people. Somehow you're sitting on a porch with them drinking a soda and you know, they have a 40 in their hand and you have a soda and you're just chatting. <laughs> I do. I do have some similar experiences and I have a couple that I, that I tell too. It's just so similar to some of the stuff that I had in North Carolina. I, Early in my mission, I was in a town that that I'm sure is a bit smaller than Birmingham, Sanford, North Carolina. It's a great town, really great people there. It wasn't divided in the same way that that uh, Birmingham was, which is interesting. But uh, it had a had a rough part of town for sure. And we had met a part member family that lived in that part of town. They were from Guatemala, and we just loved them and built, you know, great relationship with them and stuff, ended up baptizing their kids and everything. So we go over there all the time and we'd have to ride our bikes through a rougher neighborhood and uh, kind of a couple of ex experiences there. First is just, I just remember seeing some, some sad stuff, you know, like there was a guy there that was kind of the neighborhood drunk and he would wander around, you know, during the days and sometimes you'd see him. Anyway, I remember it raining one day and seeing him just passed out on the ground and kind of like struggling to get up and just these people were standing around him in a circle just laughing at him 
And he thought that they were laughing with him. And it was just the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. And we we went over there and just were like, come on, man, like jump up and, you know, try to help him out. Anyway, so some sad things, but then like a, a similar experience from a trap house standpoint, we drove, we'd ride by this house pretty consistently to go and teach these people from Guatemala. And these guys, gangsters would be out on the porch and they'd yell at us and like, Hey, you know, who are you? Kind of like the holler thing that you're talking about. And we, we just talk with them for 10, 15 minutes every time we go by and got to know them a little bit. And they were funny, you know, just kind of jovial people. So one day they said, why don't you come teach us? And, and I was like, oh, that's great. You know, and I was I was new. I think I, this was my first area. I'd just been there for a couple of months. And I wanted to contact and teach everybody. And my trainer, I think, was a bit more skeptical that they were actually, you know, going to listen to us. So I was like, no, we're doing this. You know, we're, we're going to go and teach them. And uh, we set up an appointment to go over there and it's middle of the afternoon and they're all just hanging out. So we go in their, their house and they're just watching Donnie Brasco, which is like a mafia movie with, with yeah. Johnny Depp. It's yeah, yeah. definitely rated R and not mission approved. But and <laughs> I remember being like, Hey guys, uh, can we turn the TV off? And they're like, Oh, definitely not. But you can teach us while we watch Donnie Brasco. And I was like, okay, that's fine. So we're we're kind of teaching them the first lesson. They're not really paying attention. And some girls come in the house and they're definitely prostitutes. Like no, no doubt in my mind based on what they're wearing and kind of the situation. And you kind of see one of the guys like jump up and, oh, and he like jumps up and goes around the couch and goes into the back room with these two girls. And then they come back out a few minutes later and it's clear that some sort of transaction has happened, likely drugs and uh, potentially other, other activities as well. And um, I just remember thinking, what, what am I doing here? Like, this is, (laughs) this is wild. And so we, we just kind of jump up. We're like, thanks guys. You know, we'll see you around. And they're kind of laughing as we leave and they're like, guys, you know, come back anytime you want. And we're going to surprise you. We'll be there at church sometime. And, of course they never did but anyway they always you know wave and stuff but yeah those those houses exist and i agree like you on your mission that badge gets you into places that that i wouldn't get into today for sure and helps you make friends with people that that yeah wouldn't be probably highest on the friend list right now you know interesting experiences it, down there it is I, I think one of the coolest things about it is just like the fact that we that we wouldn't be there that like i feel like when you're a missionary you're so focused on something other than yourself that you kind of look past some of the stuff that's going on or maybe you're just like even i'd say like oblivious to it but then it's like when you come home or like you end up in your next area you're kind of like oh like oh that's what was going on you know what i mean but at the yeah. time you're just so focused on like oh let's Let's talk with these people. Let's teach these people and, and whatnot. It's just pretty cool. It is really cool. I agree with you. And you're, you're out in the world around people, just living their everyday life. You're focused on them, not yourself. And it puts you in situations that you're, you're never going to experience when you're going to work every day or just kind of in the right. routine. But Devin, those are, those are fun stories and fun to think back on. And you know, I've asked you this before, but asked ask this at the end of every episode. Was it worth it going going on a mission, Devin, with experiences like that and the highs and the lows? Was it worth it? Oh, yeah, yeah. I would, I mean, I, I would recommend anyone to go out on a mission. I think 
not only do you gain a testimony if you put in the work to do so, but I think it teaches you to grow up. It gets you out of a bubble. Like we've talked about, you get to meet people that you never think of. And, and, and I mean, to this day, we, we sit back and we think of these stories. My, my dad, he said, he'll talk about his mission stories. My grandpa would talk about his mission stories and, and they were old. You know what I mean? So they're, they're like long lasting stories that you'll never forget. Sometimes I'll just sit back and reflect on them. And, you know, it's been almost 10 years since I've been home. So I would say it's worth it. I would recommend anyone, whether they're thinking about it or, you know, even just need an extra push, just know that you're not going to come back in regret. You'll, you'll be happy in some way, shape, or form that you went out on a mission. Well, Devin, thank you for that. And I couldn't agree more with you. Devin, thanks for joining us again. Really appreciate the stories and you being willing to share them with us. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on again. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of When I Was On My Mission. If you or someone you know has a great mission story, we would love to hear it. Please email us at contactonmymission at gmail.com or DM us on Instagram or Facebook at When I Was On My Mission. If you like this podcast, please tell a friend, subscribe, and leave us a five-star rating in your podcast app.